Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Worthing. This message is by Colin Urquhart. Well, here I am again after only three weeks. And I came three weeks ago because, you know, God had laid on me a particular message about how Jesus teaches us through his parables to pray with boldness, to cry out to him day and night, and he will hear us. Uh, And how God has really been moving us in kingdom faith to seek him with all our hearts. Because the scripture says, if we seek him with all our hearts, we will find him. We will encounter him. And last Friday week, about nine, ten days ago, while we were all crying out to God at the daily meeting that we have in the mornings at at, uh, the Bible College, I saw the Lord. And what has happened in me as a result of that is, for me, amazing. Um, but this has implications for all of us at Kingdom Faith. And so uh, it was suggested that I should come here and in a couple of weeks' time to Crawley so that all of us are in on what it is God is really wanting to work out amongst us. So if you've downloaded... uh, this message from the internet, uh, I don't apologize because there's so much to learn from uh, times like this. But I want you to understand the focus is not to be uh, on me, but what the Lord uh, was doing and is doing and what the Lord is saying as a result of that. We're here to glorify Him. But uh, as many of you will know, over my long ministry of over 50 years, I've had the privilege of being involved in several moves of God. And before God does a new and significant thing, I always have some dynamic, some really significant encounter with Him. If you like, that's part of my apostolic responsibility to be meeting with God so that then uh, things can be released into the whole body. God always meets with leaders first because that's the way he operates. And, um, And so for some time, Uh, as we've been crying out to God, seeking for a real move of His Spirit, a reviving of His Spirit, ready for the harvest that He's been talking to us about and the way He wants to multiply the church here and, and, and in our nation and so on. I've been knowing, well, Lord, there's got to be some point at which I really meet with you in a sovereign way. And building up to that, God has been doing a lot in me, has been doing a lot in in everybody at at the Bible College and the team, in the church, in Horsham, in the church, uh, the other congregations. God has been doing much in our lives to prepare the way for what he wants to do. And um, I find that when God actually, by his mercy and grace, Uh, 
give such an encounter as this, it usually comes in the most unexpected way at the most unexpected time. And it was, it was just like that. Um, as I go back over my prayer diaries I have on the days leading up to that encounter, I can understand that God was preparing the way. I do a lot of my praying in the very early morning. And even what he said to me in the early morning was preparing the way for what he was going to do uh, at about 8.30 uh, at, the, uh, uh, at the daily worship time at Rafi. So I, I'm going to tell you about that encounter, but what I want us to focus on is what this really means for us, what the significance of this is for us. And there is a sense in which uh, I am still understanding more and more of that myself. One, one of the reasons, one of the ways in which you can test whether a spiritual experience is really from the Lord or just from some other spirit is because when God meets with you in this way, things happen in you. I mean, you are changed immediately, immediately by, by the encounter. Just as when you were born again, you were changed immediately. When you were baptized in the Holy Spirit, you were changed immediately. Change came into your life. But sometimes it takes a little bit of time to process what God has done, to understand what He's done. And, and still, even, even this morning, the early morning when I was praying, I understood more of what God has done and accomplished through this encounter and what he's saying to us as a result. So it's a living thing. It's not, it's not um, something that is just an event that is in the past. It's something that is going to continue to have an impact on kingdom faith and is actually going to take us into the harvest that God has been speaking about. And um, it came out of the fact that I was um, praying through one of the Psalms. Now, what I didn't understand, what I didn't know, is that uh, Pastor Clive actually preached on this same Psalm about three weeks before at, um, at the church in Horsham. I wasn't there that week. I was speaking somewhere else. So uh, I... I, I wasn't aware that he'd actually preached on this psalm. And uh, I was going through the, um, you know, the 150 themes? Uh, I use that often in my own prayer time. And I was going through the section on faith when I came from this passage in, in Job chapter 11. I'll... Um, uh, and there was one particular phrase that jumped out at me and, and hit me right in the heart as I was praying. And I, I, at that moment, I didn't understand the significance of it. I don't know that I'll read it all out because of time. But the phrase that really jumped out at me is that um, water passes under the bridge. Now, that was my translation of it in the truth version. But you, you know, I'm sure, when you were kids, you 
played the game of standing on a bridge and throwing a stick in one side and racing across to the other side to see your stick come out the other side. And if you were with your friends or siblings, you probably had a competition to see whose stick would come out the other side first. But what that teaches us is that once the water has passed under the bridge, you'll never see it again. It has passed downstream and will never pass under the bridge again. And that's what uh, is really being said in Job chapter 11, that um, uh, once that water has passed under the bridge, it's gone and lost forever. So there was lots of other good promises in that, in that passage, but there's another passage that I want us to focus on uh, in a few minutes. When, uh, when I was praying, and there was, it was very, very noisy. There was, everybody was crying out to God. Suddenly, I saw the Lord. In this vision, I was standing on a bridge and looking upstream. And what I could see at first was the water was polluted. It was dirty. And there was a lot of debris floating on, on the water. This was a sort of a wide stream or a narrow river, that kind of, uh, of, uh, of a bridge, that size of bridge. And I saw all this polluted water coming down, uh, coming downstream towards the bridge. And then uh, the Lord said to me, now go and look on the other side of the bridge. And so I went and looked on the other side and I saw all that polluted water with all the rubbish and the debris that was floating on it going downstream to be lost forever. Then he said, now go, go back and look upstream again. So I went back to the other side of the bridge and as I looked upstream, I saw that the water had changed that the water was no longer polluted, but it was pure, it was clear, it was like crystal clear. You know the kind of water that you can see the bottom. It's just so pure, so clear. And then as I looked at this water flowing towards the bridge, I saw Jesus. Now, I've had the privilege of seeing him in different ways before, so I knew that it was him. He wasn't walking on the water. He was walking just above the water and coming towards me as I was standing on that bridge. Now, the next part is a little bit difficult to explain but what happened is, as he approached the bridge, it was as if he rose up from above the water and just came and completely enveloped me. Mm -hmm. 
just came as if then I was in him. And, and we know that how important it is what Jesus said to the disciples at the Last Supper, live in me and I in you. And it's, it's always very difficult to explain um, the, these things, but in one sense you're filled with such awe and thankfulness at the mercy and the grace of God and the love of God in the way in which he does encounter us sometimes like this. But of course he never, ever, ever gives an encounter or experience like this for our own sake. It is always for his purpose and it's always for the outworking of his purpose in the lives of others. Never ever seek an experience of God for yourself because you will keep seeking and you will not find very much at all. But if you seek him that he might work through you for the praise and glory of his name and to impact the lives of other people, then he will meet with you in whatever ways will enable that to be fulfilled because that's his desire, that's his heart. Are we breathing? Okay, so there I was still looking at this water uh, upstream. And then the Lord began to expand the vision. And I realized that I wasn't standing alone, but standing on this bridge were all the other leaders of kingdom faith, the students, the team, all the members of kingdom faith they were all congregated on this bridge. And as I continued to look upstream, I then saw a company of angels. Just like Jesus, they, they, weren't, they weren't walking on the water, they were just above the water. And the Lord said to me, this, these are the angels that I'm deploying to help you gather the harvest. Because the harvest is going to be so great, you won't be able to handle it alone. So, uh, again, you know, when, when these things are happening, you're just sort of full of awe. A vision is like a movie. It's not just like a picture. It's like something that continues to unfold. So then I saw more and more people gathering on the bridge. These were the people that were coming out of darkness into the light, uh, coming out of the world into the kingdom of God. So much so that the bridge needed to expand. And the reason for that is this pure water that was flowing down this river, it was flowing with in, in, increasing intensity. The, the current was getting stronger and stronger, and the river was growing wider and wider. The stream had become a river, the river a mighty river, and then the river even became a flood. You know, the, the, the course of water was so great that the banks of the river couldn't contain it. But this bridge expanded not only to be able to 
cover, to, to go across this increased river, but to actually cover the floodwaters. So there were people coming onto this bridge. By the time the vision ended, I don't know, there was a multitude of people all along this bridge covering the floodwaters. And I, I realized that this is the harvest. This is what God is going to do. He's going to bring people out. And, and I was aware that this was something for the whole of kingdom faith, that this bridge signified what God was going to do in kingdom faith. Now there are other bridges over the same river. And I was preaching um, at Andy Elm's uh, annual conference, uh, actually the day after the vision, and the Lord showed me that, you know, there are going to be other churches with bridges, that, and, and the same kind of thing will happen, that there will be an expansion of the flow of this living water, of this pure water. So then, uh, then of course, uh, after the event, I, I mean, I was overawed, but I knew that God had done in me a number of things that I'd been praying that he would do and needing that he would do. These are very personal things, so I'm not going to speak of them. But I knew that those things had now happened. They'd taken place. Uh, and that I was in a totally different place from God than I'd been before I had this encounter with him. And so that was good. But, of course, then as, I, as I'd been praying and, and uh, working through processing what God is saying through this event, several things are, are becoming clear. First of all, you remember that the river appeared to be polluted and, um, and all this rubbish. And that speaks, I think, of the process that God has been taking us through where he's wanted to purify our lives, to purify our hearts, to get out of our lives anything and everything that doesn't please him, doesn't honor him. Because, you know, we have to be in the right place with God before there can be this harvest. We're not going to be good harvesters if... Well, let me put it bluntly. Sinners can't reach sinners. Saints can reach sinners with the gospel. So God has been doing this work of sanctifying us, of making us holy and pure and clean in his sight. Somebody could have said hallelujah. But, and that process is probably still going on. But what he wants us to understand is that then as, as, as that process takes place, all that pollution, all that rubbish has now passed downstream, never to be seen again. And what God's purpose now is for that pure water to come and impact the lives of every one of us. When I, when I preached this last week in, in Horsham, uh, I said uh, when we prayed at the end, now the challenge is for every one of us to come and stand on that bridge and say, Lord, I want that pure living water to wash through my life to cleanse all the pollution, all the rubbish out of my life so that it goes downstream never to be seen again. And I want to be part of that whole process where we see others coming to join us on the bridge, people coming out of darkness into light, 
people being saved so that they will have an eternal destiny with God in heaven and not live a Christless eternity. So, uh, so this is something for, for all of us. This is, this is what God is wanting to work in all of us. And, and the tremendous uh, encouragement from the Lord that the harvest is going to be such we will need angels to help us gather it. Angels are God's ministering spirits. They are sent by God to help his people. You don't even necessarily see them. But God has shown me these angels will, all, will not only be helping us to gather the harvest, but they will stand with us against anything and everything that the enemy could throw to try to prevent the harvest or to prevent what God is going to do, the great blessing that God is wanting to pour into our lives. So we've got all the hope of, uh, all the help of heaven behind us in these coming months uh, in what uh, lies ahead of us. Praise God. Hallelujah. But, um, you know, when, uh, as I said a little earlier, when, when you have encounters like this, the test really is whether this is some genuine thing from God, is several scriptures come alive for you, things that, things that perhaps you have wanted or prayed for, suddenly they happen. Now, one of those things for me was I, one of the things I pray over my life every day is the promise that Jesus gives right at the end of John 17 when he's praying for all those who have become believers. He, he prays that all, we will all be one in him and with one another. And then there's this phrase, so that the Father's love for the Son might be in us. And I've prayed for that. I've said, Lord, I want the Father's love for Jesus in me. Without understanding really, well, what would that be like? What would that mean? What difference would it make? Because, you know, God has given us the love of the Holy Spirit, but this seemed to be something in particular that was on the heart of Jesus just before he went to the cross like saying to the Father, I want your love for me to be in all those who come to believe in me. And I won't say this is the full meaning of that because I don't suppose it is for a minute. God is going to continue to reveal more. But something changed within me towards Jesus. And I was genuinely happy for him. I was happy for him. Uh, and I found myself praying Lord, I'm, I'm so happy for you because you are so blessed and you are so pleased that of every soul that comes into the kingdom. You're so happy, you're so pleased that you cause all heaven to rejoice with you. And Lord, I, I, I just want 
I just want to, to share in your happiness. I, I, I just want to live in such a way to make you more happy. And I found myself praying like this, and I thought, I've never prayed like this before. And, and then, then the Lord said to me, well, how does a father love his son? A father is happy about every good thing that happens in the life of his son or of his child. So if you love Jesus as I love Jesus, you are happy for Jesus in every way that he is blessed through the things that happen in the lives of people who are saved, redeemed. He is happy in all those who live obedient. He is happy in those who are walking in purity and holiness and righteousness. He is happy in, in, in all the lives that he, uh, in which he is glorified because of the way he heals and transforms their life. He's happy. And you know, uh, Jesus said to the disciples at the Last Supper, didn't he, that these things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. And I, uh, this, this took on a new meaning because uh, I've, I've known the joy of the Lord for many, many years, but suddenly it was different. Now I could rejoice with the happiness of Jesus. That's the only way I can, I can put it. So, you know, this is just one little thing. Uh, there's many more significant things, but this is one of the ones I can share with you. That, that you see, God's whole perception of, of, uh, of who he is and of how we are able to relate to him changes with every encounter with him. And, of course, then he goes on to show, because, you know, we are to love one another as he has loved us. And so, uh, you know, I said to I, I said to the folks in, in, in the keynote on Tuesday morning, I said, therefore, if you love me, you are all happy for me that I had this encounter. You don't you don't think, oh, it's all right for him, but you know, boom, 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 boom. No, 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 that's not love. Uh, love is not jealous, and love doesn't try to reduce others down to our own level. When you see God blessing your brother healing your sister, doing whatever, you are happy for them if you love them. See? And so if we love Jesus, we are happy for Jesus. I'm happy for Jesus that today he is going to be blessed in a multitude of people because every day thousands of people come into the kingdom of God around the world. And every day hundreds, probably thousands of backsliders come back to him. And he's happy about that. And I'm happy about that. Because I pray every day for backsliders to come back to the Lord. And I thank the Lord every day for the harvest that is already taking place around the world. Hallelujah. So God wants us to share in his joy. God wants us to share in his happiness. But of course he is, he is saying all this to us because he wants us to be reapers in this harvest. You know, my wife and I were watching the, the film on, that's on Netflix now, Billy Graham, and it was encouraging just to, to see what, what a wonderful ministry and anointing God had given him and how many millions of people really came to the Lord during the, 
the course of his, uh, of his ministry. But what God is going to be doing in these coming years is not to produce two or three new Billy Grahams. It's going to be through God's people. It's going to be through the whole church. It's going to be through the witness of you and me and, and others like us, uh, believers who are simply carrying the anointing of the Holy Spirit and this, this desire, this, this passion to see other people saved rather than go to hell. Because they will go to hell if they're not saved, you see. And we have to understand that because this is what the Scripture reveals to us. So we want to be instrumental in rescuing. We're on a rescue mission, aren't we, you see? And every day, thousands of people are being rescued from the dominion of darkness and brought into the kingdom of light. And so we are, we are, we're all lifesavers. Hallelujah. We're, we're, we're like the lifesavers you see down on the beach. Hallelujah. Um, and, and you, you know, God is going to use everyone who makes himself or herself available to be used by God. And God continues to, to speak about other things that, that you know, one, once you've let this purity, the purity of this river, the purity of Jesus, wash over your life. That's really what it was like when he just unfolded it. That doesn't mean you're going to live in perfection. But ever since then, you know, I've been praying every day, Lord, I don't want any, I don't want any impurity now. I don't want anything to defile this, this, this wonderful thing, really, that you're doing in my life. I, I just want to, I want to make you happy. I want you to be pleased. I, I want to just walk not only close to you, but walk with you in, 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 that, in that joy, in that pleasure of fulfilling your purpose. But I, I know that um, I am not and will not be living in perfection. So there will be times, even inadvertently, when you do something that isn't pleasing to God or you think something that isn't or you say something that isn't right. And God said to me, the wonderful thing is this, that once that pure water has passed under your bridge, any sin... It's like when you confess your sins, it's thrown into that water. I said, any sin that is thrown into that water doesn't pollute the water. The water is so pure, it cancels out the sin. But whereas at the beginning of this, you know, the water was polluted and so on because of, I don't know, disobedience, grievance, the way that his people grieve him, speaking generally um, but when in this move of the spirit there's going to be a move of purity God is going to purify that because that's what happens in revival people meet with God in his holiness and they begin to live holy lives instead of sinful lives hallelujah and, and you see every time we throw our sins off that bridge into the water it doesn't pollute the water but the water just cancels out the sin Hallelujah. Now, the scripture I'm going to share with you rather than Job 11, look, look at those verses in Job 11. But uh, the, the scripture God's laid on my heart this morning 
is the one from John chapter 7. You remember on the last and greatest day of the feast, verse um, 37, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams or rivers of living water will flow from within him. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. This is the living water. And you see, God showed me that in a vision. Right, now, understand that the vision is your life. that God's purpose is for all the cleansing, purifying to be done in our lives so that the rivers of pure water will flow out of us. That's the work of the Spirit from deep within you. This, this cleansing that is, that is, is signified by, by this vision, that cleansing happens within us. It's not just something we observe outside of us, but the cleansing happens within us so that what flows out is no longer polluted. All that stuff is now downstream. So we're not going to be negative. We're not going to be judgmental. We're not going to be critical. We're, we're, going, to, we're going to speak life. We're going to sow life. And, and the Lord again, showed me related to this vision that what he's going to give to us is a bag or a sack of seed. See, how, how is this harvest actually going to be reaped? In one sense, we don't know. I mean, God is going to work it all out. He told us to end faith camp because what's following is going to be much greater. Well, that's the harvest. That's what's following the faith camp. We're going to be so busy harvesting, there wouldn't be time for faith camp, you see. So, um, and so many more people are going to be reached through the harvest than we could ever reach through faith camp. But this seed is of the richest kind. You remember in the parable, the sower went forth to sow the seed. And this seed is the word of the kingdom. And you see, what we have been praying for, what we've been crying out to God for, is the fulfillment of what he told us to pray. Let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So all that God does in, in encounters like this is so that his kingdom purposes will be furthered. <clears throat> and for that, God gives us this sack of seed that we can scatter. Now, as we scatter that seed, that means that that life, the living water that will flow out of your life, will scatter seeds of truth all around you, wherever you are, with the people that you meet, the people you work with, the people around you, more and more of that, those rich seeds of truth. Now, that doesn't mean that everybody who hears or receives, receives those seeds 
is going to believe because in that parable there were the seed that falls on the path where people rejected it. There were the, those with superficial response. They seemed to respond at first, but there was no depth of root. So like the seed that falls on the rocky ground, it soon disappears, it withers and dies. There's, there's people with divided hearts, you know, like the seed that falls upon among the weedy soil, where on one hand they want to serve God, but on the other hand they still want their own way. You know, and when they pray, they're praying for God to give them their way rather than praying that God would have his way. You understand? But then there's the good, there's the good soil. And, and the, the, when this seed is sown onto the good soil, it reproduces 30, 60, 100 times. Now you see, in this vision, you, you are good soil. Which means you're going to be reproductive. Hallelujah. I've got a, a fish tank in, in my office and, and uh, they're reproducing at present. There's lots of, lots of little tiddlers flying around. And I say, good is harvest time, even in the fish tank. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> so, we are going to be giving birth. Hallelujah. And it won't be a painful process. You ladies will be glad to know. Hallelujah. You won't have to call the midwife because actually you are going to be in, in fact, midwives. Seeing others come to birth. Come on. That's good. And sometimes, you know, you might have to help them through the pain of doing that, of facing up to whatever they need to face spiritually in their lives to come to true repentance and faith. But this is going to be the fulfillment of God's plan and purpose for your life. Because God's purpose for you is not to go to heaven. Did you know that? God's purpose for you is to take others to heaven with you. He doesn't want you ending up there alone. Years and years ago, when we were in revival in Luton, this was back in the 1970s, uh, one of the meetings I can remember, the Lord gave us a vision of, um, this was another time actually when I saw the Lord, I saw the Lord welcoming people into his kingdom. Mm. And he was asking all of them a question as they passed into heaven. And the question wasn't, you know, did you have the right theology? or how much water was used in your baptism, or any of the crazy things that people get so upset about these days. The question he was asking everybody was, who have you brought with you? You know, have you just lived for yourself, or have you lived to make Jesus known? Do you want to share the love of Jesus and the truth of Jesus and the peace of Jesus and the joy of Jesus? And, you know, different ones of us have different ways of doing that, different opportunities, because we're different people. But God can use all of us. And, I, you know, I've been in times of revival, as, as you know. And just, just as I say these encounters with God, in, in revival everybody has encounters with God, see? And, and that's why you're all going to have encounters with God. I just thought I'd let you in on that. Um, and... <laughs> And you see, when you have those encounters, you find yourself doing things that before you wouldn't do. And I can remember this, I mean, this was an Anglican church in 1970 when the revival began there. 
But everybody, absolutely everybody uh, in the congregation became, it, it was almost as if they became evangelists. Now, there were people that didn't even know the Lord before the revival started. There was nobody that was born again in that church when I went there. They were just a typical Anglican congregation. <laughs> uh, but, 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 you know, uh, they were nice people, you know, and they knew how to raise money. <laughs> but they didn't know the Lord. They'd actually raised enough money to build this new church building and open it without a penny of debt. That was good. They were good at raising money. The first thing I said to them when I became vicar is there will be no more raising of money. And they looked at me and said, well, what are we to do then? <laughs> well, they soon found out what, what, they, what they ended up by doing was, was, was fishing for people, bringing people. And, and it's just the corporate dynamic, you know. You don't, you don't actually... You don't actually consciously set out to do anything. You know, it isn't that God is going to suddenly make you do things that you don't want to do. You're just finding yourself doing different things that you now want to do. And they just become, become becomes naturally to you. You just start to speak nat quite naturally to people in a way that you would never have spoken before. That's the anointing. It's the river of living water that is flowing out of you. But it's flowing out of you because it's flowed into you. You see, and that's, that's the significance of this, of this envision, of this encounter, that God wants something fresh to flow into us. The fresh, purifying life and power of the Holy Spirit, like fresh anointing. What I would say, really, is that, you know, I, I have a fresh anointing from God, and all the glory goes to Him, because... You know, if you'd asked me on that Friday morning, are you ready for this encounter with God? I said, no, no way. There's still some stuff that needs, I believe God needs to sort out in me. But you see, God in his wisdom met with me and sorted it all out. Because he knew that there was no way that I'd get it sorted on my own. And that's, that's the great thing about crying out to God from your heart. It's not just saying prayers, as I explained to you when I was here a few weeks ago. Uh, you know, God doesn't answer prayers, he answers prayer. And prayer is when you speak to God from your heart, not just when you, not just when you formally go through your time of, you know, God bless Aunt Sal and Uncle George and all the rest of it. Uh, but, but there's real heart desire to see God glorified in the people that we are praying for. So, there it is. I mean, uh, I'm, all I can say is that I'm just so thankful to God. And let me, let me just say one more thing before we pray together. When you have encounters like this, the last thing it produces in you is pride or even a sense of satisfaction that you've, you've uh, had uh, an experience like this. In fact, every encounter with God makes you more humble. Jesus was the most humble man who walked on the face of the earth. And he actually described his heart as being humble and gentle. 
I think there's even a, more of a gentleness about me. People say to me, you're preaching, you're speaking in a different way now. So, all right, praise the Lord. Um, so long as God is speaking through me, that's all I'm concerned about. But you see, uh, what, what he really intends to do through, through all of us is to make us more like himself. Because the more like him we are, then the more we, he is able to work through us. More of, those, of that river of living water will flow through our lives and out of our lives to be a blessing to others. So, my, my reaction when this happened was just one of profound thankfulness but tremendous relief. Because, you know, I'm 79 now and I've got a few more years to go yet. But, you know, I... I've been living with the promise of what God is about to do now for 39 years. Because he gave us a foretaste of the harvest back then, and we saw hundreds and thousands of people coming to the Lord every year during that period. Uh, but he said to me then, this is only the foretaste of the harvest that is to come, and you will live to see the harvest. And I've been saying, Lord, I still haven't seen the harvest. When's the harvest coming? When's the feast, as he said? You know, this is the foretaste. But the feast is much greater than the foretaste. You know, it's like when you're making a casserole or something, you might take a little taste to see how it's getting on. But the actual casserole, the finished thing, will be much bigger than the little foretaste, and it'll be much more tastier. And it will feed a lot more people than your little sip. And it was like that. He said, well... The, all that we were experiencing, then, great though it was for the three years or so especially that that, that move was going on and subsequently the effect of it went on for many more years. <clears throat> but but um, during that period of time, <clears throat> we commonly saw a hundred people come to the Lord at a meeting. And sometimes, <clears throat> excuse me, sometimes we saw a thousand people coming to the Lord a week in this country. Not, this wasn't great crusades in Africa or something like that. Mm. This is what God was doing in this nation. So that was only the foretaste. So if that was the foretaste, what's the harvest going to be like? But I knew that I could not meet the Lord on the Day of Judgment and in any way have failed to see the outworking of this. So, you know, I, I've been praying for weeks, Lord, just do in me whatever is necessary. I, I, I was getting desperate and I think I I told you th three weeks ago see that's when God really pricks up his ears when we start getting desperate so desperate that we will not be denied and I know some people find that a little bit difficult you can pray that way but I've been praying the last few weeks like that Lord you cannot deny me you just cannot deny me this is your will it's your promise and, um, of course, he doesn't want to deny us. But he wants to do in us all that is necessary in order that when he does what he does, we are going to process it and not waste it. Amen. So, beloved, there it is. 
I've shared the vision with you. Now, you need to see yourself standing on that bridge. It's just a bridge for kingdom faith and in all its ramifications. There's not a separate bridge for Worthing and a separate bridge for Horsham and a separate bridge for Burgess Hill and things like that. We're all on the same bridge. Hallelujah. But it's going to become more and more extensive. There's going to be more and more congregations, of course, to cope with the harvest. And, I mean, this, this room will take a few more, but there's a bigger rooms around. Hallelujah. So let's all stand and... Let's just first of all just focus on the Lord and thank him that he is working out his purpose. He is working out his purpose. He's doing that all over the world, but he's doing that in our lives. He's doing that in kingdom faith. We thank you, Lord, that you are working out your purpose, that you say... What I have said, that I will bring about. What I have planned, that will I do. It's your word, Lord, and we know that you are true to your word. So we praise you that even even what you're saying and doing now through this vision is all part of what you planned even before the creation of the world. It's what you planned for kingdom faith even before kingdom faith came into being. It's what you planned for our lives before ever we became part of kingdom faith. So we praise you, Lord. We bless you that you're always ahead of us in the game. You're, you're, that we're not, we're not having to plan some way forward of our own, but you're leading us forward in the, in the way that you have prepared for us, in those good things that you have prepared for us. And we give you all the glory. We give you all the honor and the praise. Now, as you pray, I believe you need to make a decision. Lord, I I choose to stand on that bridge. Can you understand that nobody's going to be forced to stand there? No, Nobody's going to be dragged, kicking and screaming to stand there. Everybody has to choose of their own decision, of their own free will to stand on that bridge. And can you say, Lord, I want all the filth and all the rubbish, all the troubles. Actually, the, the word that is used in, in Job is the troubles. All those troubles will pass by. All those troubles will pass under the bridge. They are part of the rubbish. Not only the sin, but all the sin and the troubles will pass downstream, away into the distance, never to be seen again. So can you just open yourself now, open your heart to a fresh inflowing of the living water, of the pure water of the Holy Spirit? Can you say, Lord, I want all the pollution to be cleared out of my heart and life. I want every impurity to go I want all the ways in which I have grieved you to pass away into the distance. I want all the troubles, Lord, that I pray about and sometimes 
get over-concerned about. I thank you that all those are going to pass under the bridge and away into the distance, never to be seen again. I thank you, Lord, that you're going to be doing so much in the life of each one of us and through each one of us, we won't have time to be troubled about troubles. So we thank you, Lord, and we bless you, and we praise you. Can you see, the, see yourselves? Come and use, use, your, use your Holy Spirit imagination. See yourself standing on that bridge. And even Jesus comes and envelops you, because he's going to envelop, just as he enveloped me, he's going to envelop everybody who stands on that bridge. Hallelujah. He's going to cause all that impurity to flow out of your heart and life. He's going to cause his purity to flow in. That's the point. Hallelujah. So what is going to flow out of you is this clear living water that Jesus spoke about. Hallelujah. The life and the love and the power of the Holy Spirit. So we praise you, Lord. We thank you for the fresh anointing that is coming upon everyone in kingdom faith. And we give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you, Lord. We praise your holy name. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I haven't got the truth version with me, that, which is one of the reasons why I didn't read out the scripture before, but, but I'll just read it out now from, from Job. So, so just listen to what it says. It doesn't actually talk about the bridge, but it talks about the water passing by. The, the bridge was just... I can remember when I translated this, God gave me that phrase about the water passing under the bridge. And of course, he knew then what he was going to do now. Uh, but that was about three years ago, four years ago. Mm. So, listen, this is what he said. If you devote your heart to him and stretch out your hands to him, if you put away the sin that is in your hand and allow no evil to dwell in your tent, then you will lift up your face without shame. You will stand firm on the bridge and without fear. You will surely forget your trouble, recalling it only as waters gone by, water that has passed under the bridge. Life, now this is what's going to happen to you as a result, okay? Life will be brighter than noonday. And darkness will become like morning. You will be secure because there is hope. You will look about you and take your rest in safety. You will lie down with no one to make you afraid. And many will court your favor. Many will look to you for favor. Hallelujah. There will be... So much favor, so much of God's grace upon your life that others will look to you for favor. They will want a share in the grace. 
Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. We praise you. We bless you. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you. Praise you, Lord. Oh, Lord, Lord, Lord. It's just so good to know we're in your hands and that you are going to work out your purpose among us and no one and nothing is going to stop you. Hallelujah. And Lord, we're such a privileged people to be part of what you're going to do. And our lives are going to become so valuable. They're, They're going to count because you will use us to bring others into your eternal kingdom that people will be in heaven for all eternity because of what you've done through us. All the glory goes to you, Lord, but we will just be your instruments of your grace and favor. And we bless your holy name. Come on, let's just thank the Lord. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.